This is the Podcast Express, and we're talking to whoever's listening out there. Welcome to Five Minutes of Trouble, the only podcast on the internet that discusses the John Carpenter film Big Trouble in Little China five minutes at a time. I'm Josh Horowitz from the Wing Kong Exchange at www.wingkong.net. And I'm your co-host, Brett Stillo, and, and I'm on the road uh, this week in beautiful Portland, Oregon. And we have a special guest this week on the Podcast Express. Asterios Kokonos is here from New York Comic Con live. Welcome, Asterios. Hey, what's up? I uh, That is not a joke. I am walking the floor of New York Comic Con because I'm here with, uh, with a geek comedy publishing company that my buddies and I all run called Devastator Press. And so we've been here for four days selling books. And we are exhausted, so you're getting the, you're getting the perfect me right now. That's awesome. What? So, w- tell us about uh, what it is you're doing over there. Sure. Um, sure. Me and my old college buddies, we run a small business called Devastator Press. It's small press. It is the only comedy publishing company in North America. Uh, we only publish funny books. And so, uh, so if you want, you can go to DevastatorPress.com, listeners, and, and uh, take a look. Right now, at New York Comic Con, we're premiering my new graphic novel, which is called Toys for Cheap. It is a fake, catal- <laughs> it's a fake catalog of dangerous and insane toys. Uh, for example, instead of Teddy Ruxpin, you can buy Petty Ruxpin, oh, which, no. is a toy, which is a toy that just complains to you about how, like, well, why does Deborah... <laughs> Why does it? Why do I have to text Deborah first? How, why doesn't Deborah ever text me first? <laughs> or like, oh, I got a new boss and he's younger than me, and like I'm gonna have to whip him into shape. <laughs> and uh, it, we also have the yo yo, which is a staple of the gangsterous rap community. Oh. We've got uh, Stretch the Truth Armstrong, the only toy that lies on its resume. <laughs> Uh, instead of the real Ghostbusters, we have the real ghost murderers. Oh, no. Because why bust ghosts when you can punish the dead? And, uh, and again, the book is called Toys for Cheap. You can buy it on Amazon right now. And uh, this is the official world premiere at New York Comic Con. That's awesome. Well, yeah, thank you again so much for coming on our show here, Asterios. Uh, just for our listeners. I've been looking forward to this forever. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of, of Star Wars Minute. That's one of the things that inspired me to do this podcast. And just listening to Asterios when he was on that show, I knew that he had to be one of the guests that we brought on. Just uh, awesome energy and, and good jokes and just good overall stuff. And, and what a film to put him on, but Big Trouble in Little China. And that's what we're going to be discussing right now. We are discussing minutes 55 through 60 of Big Trouble in Little China. These minutes start out with our heroes swimming underwater as Thunder and some Wing Kong guards shoot from above. And they end with a mysterious shaggy monster putting Gracie down in the tunnels. <laughs> this is some crazy stuff that happens here, some really good lines. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's start discussing it. Yeah. Um, well, once again... It's a. This is a very damp movie. Our characters are wet. <laughs> That's true. These are another another bunch of minutes where we have soaking wet characters. <laughs> yeah. No wonder Kurt Russell got like pneumonia on this. Shoot. Oh my God! Are you serious? He was sick. Josh, you remember like specifically? We've talked about this before. What scenes were? You know, that's not uh, stage sweat. Yeah. No. It's it's not glycerin. It's not stage sweat. He he was. Uh, I guess what he had—he had a fever or something in some of these scenes. So I don't know—is he soaking wet or is he just in a fever state? 
I, I think it's a fever. If, I mean, you know, like when you think about all the scenes where he's rained on <laughs> or he's in a pool. Um, or he has dirty water and, splashed into his eyes. Dirty oh. water splashed into his eyes. And, <laughs> but like, only to help him lose his blindness, guys. Come on. There's a reason <laughs> yeah. he does it. He's been blinded by ancient kind of racist magic. <laughs> yeah, we were talking True about that. that. Uh, you know, is, is it special water or is he going to get cholera? We don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you think about, it, like, all those takes he must have done. Like, that was great. Now let's do one for safety. And, uh, oh, no. you know, it was... Safety was, being the worst word you can use oh. yeah, when, yeah. When, when nearly drowning Kurt Russell. Yeah. So it's, is it any wonder he got sick with whatever, whatever it was? Flu, pneumonia, fever, you know, poor guy. Uh, it, like I, so like I said, very, very damp movie. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Honestly, the first thing I thought of when I saw this scene was just how little these actors must have been looking forward to it. I forget the name of the actress who plays the reporter, but when she's like, I don't want to get in the water, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't want to get in the water either. <laughs> but she just gets shoved just right wanna... in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she sure does. It's, I, that's so funny. She does that little pose where like, she tries to take like a dive or something, but then she just like, throws her body in. Or is that Kim Cattrall that does that? Either way, I'm attracted to oh, yeah. Oh my God! Those two girls are like the yin and yang of hotness. I love it. One of them exists. One of them exists purely for exposition. That's true. And the other one exists purely for sex position. I love it. Well, we're gonna get to that as they go through the pipe. Uh, we we get the uh, first part in the sewer pipe. Uh, notice, you know, Gracie emerges, and then she does that whole "where's so and so" bit. It almost seems like something straight out of vaudeville. You know, yeah, and, and of yeah. course, with the, with the perfect comic timing, you know, the exact character that she asks about shows up next. I'm sure that must have been used uh, in, in other movies or other shticks before. Yeah. Now, I, I don't really was... like that gag because because it really breaks up the tension of are these characters going to get murdered hmm. super well? <laughs> like, um, like, I don't know if it's the no, it's, I mean, that's the scene after, but it's like they get shot at a lot oh, yeah. before they dive in that water. And although and, by the way, I have never seen this movie before. Before I was asked to be this, be on this podcast, oh. and actually, I thought it might be interesting to not watch it past these minutes. So I've only <laughs> seen the first sixty minutes of this movie because I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh. I don't know who this fur monster is, but it's like, you know, it's the '80s. I'm looking at all these characters, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, to raise the stakes of the scene, they might kill this guy's brother. <laughs> like, like, like they might just do it. I'm thinking, like, you know, how do, how do you sell the danger? There's a lot of characters here. There's a reporter. There's a lawyer. There's Kurt Russell, and there's like these two brothers. And it's like, hey, you could probably knock one of these guys off the board right now. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't know what's wow. going to be happening at minute ninety four. I mean, oh man. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, you're like, that's spoiler time bomb for you. Mm. Yeah, I might have to skip minute 94. Mm. It might make me too sad. Well, I wonder how many of our listeners are in the same boat, that they're listening to this literally five minutes at a time, and they still haven't seen anything past uh, these, uh, these minutes 55 through 60. Exciting. <laughs> Something tells me I'm the only person on Earth who's dumb enough to do it this way. <laughs> so I wouldn't worry about your listeners. They're probably a lot smarter than I am. Well, I could get all Dennis Hopper's speed on you 
for like the next couple of weeks and like, you know, like threaten you with spoilers. Like, listen, sport, <gasps> something's <gasps> happening in minute 65. And I know when you don't. How does that feel, man? And uh, I, that could I've be the basis of a movie there. I've n- I've, you've just convinced me that that is the scariest Dennis Hopper character. Get lost, blue velvet. Oh. So, so long, get oxygen humping Yeah, get out rapist. the oxygen mask. Oh, jeez. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Bring on the spoilers. Yeah. Let's see, though. Moving on in here, uh, I, I noticed that there were some nice uh, close quarters swimming through the sewer pipe shot. Uh, you know, just, just good visuals here. I mean, you really do get the yeah. sense that this is... Uh, you know, very enclosed type area. It's, you know, you're, you're looking, you know, that's that sewer water. Yeah. Eh. And then we get to the point where, where Gracie finally, she, you know, she can't find Jack. You know, she yells out, Jack. And my question is, is she close to tears or is she about to laugh hysterically? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, on screen, close to tears. Uh, possibly in real life, that was like take 13. And like, yeah, she was on the verge of cracking up. So... <laughs> You know, that's, you know, that's an old bit. I'm so (laughs) sad, (laughs) you know, and then you, you sort of turn your head away from the camera and, you know, let out a guffaw or a giggle or something like that. Mm -hmm. Then we get the, uh, the little ding though, at that point in the soundtrack, uh, you know, and then Jack appears right next to Gracie. That's, uh, you know, a bit of that thing where the soundtrack kind of mixes with a little bit of sound effects. Uh, you know, that, that may be maybe some of the, uh, Alan Howarth type, uh, Type of inspiration. I, gu- I guess that's the kind of trick you can pull when the director also <laughs> scores the film. That's true. I mean, I can't believe how good this music is. I mean, I'm I'm listening again. This is the first time. I, I, it's it's one of these movies. I never, I just never got around to it. Everyone in college was like, "Oh, big trouble! Oh, big trouble! You gotta watch it! You gotta watch it!" Carpenter, Carpenter. And it's just you know, life happens. You you you, know, you can't watch everything. Like uh, I've only seen three episodes of Doctor Who for that reason. I'm sure it's awesome, <laughs> but I have a lot of crap to watch. Hmm. And uh, and the music is insane. It's so great in this movie. Yeah. And to and to and to hear that that was John Carpenter, the director. It's just like, well, what can't this guy do? Yeah, we were talking about some of the music on a previous episode about how kind of very delightfully 80s synth it is mixed with uh, yeah. the Eastern flair. Uh, had, had you seen some of the other John Carpenter films, Asterios, and, and listened to the, the music in those? I'm going to tell you guys, I'm a real big baby. Like, <laughs> everybody says, watch the thing, watch the thing. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> like, I'm scared. <laughs> what if I become the thing? <laughs> like, you know, I hear there's something where, like, the thing might be a dog or something. And I said, no, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What are what are the other major films in the Carpenter canon? Well, yeah, that's the problem because uh, most of them are scary. There's you know Halloween. Oh no! A, yeah, and then The Fog and Christine. Um, I know. Okay, here's one for you. Starman. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh yeah, Starman. Yeah. Starman, romantic comedy. Jeff Bridges, Karen Allen. Oh. It's a feel-good movie. Yeah, there you Just, go. Does it? Does Starman feature the David Bowie song "Starman"? God, I can't remember. I don't I think like so. that song. Yeah, the song's badass, but uh, I I can't. Re- I don't think so. I don't. That's because... my go-to karaoke track, by the way. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good go-to. There's a Starman waiting in the sky. Do you like to come and meet us? I love that song. Oh. Good Bowie there. Thank you. I've, I've been with, it's the 
only karaoke song I do. After that, I'm just like, ah, I'm going to let people think I know how to sing because I can sing this one song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very good Bowie going on there. You got that whole, you know, star man. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of about singing through your nose. <laughs> it's like 90% nose, 10% cocaine. Oh. Love you, David yeah, Bowie. Yeah. yeah. But music-wise, yeah. I think that uh, maybe uh, Escape from New York, uh, maybe They Live. No. Those two. Oh, those I two did, oh They Live was incredible. Yeah. Oh, I did, I did see They Live. For Escape from New York, I'm real worried that they're not going to escape. <laughs> and then Escape from L.A., I'm even more worried. Because I believe the trailer <laughs> told me that L.A. was way worse than New York. Yeah. And it's like, what? There's something even worse? <laughs> no, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch somebody that... play that Russian roulette game where they throw a can up and then they murder eight guys. Oh. <laughs> See, yeah. this is why I like this movie. In our five minutes... It is, it is heavily implied that Jack Burton has never killed anybody or shot a gun in his life. And I think it's the perfect reveal. Like, because the whole time Jack Burton is playing a real tough guy, he's a trucker, he wants his money, this, that, like, you know, he acts like a real tough guy. And then suddenly you find out, like, oh, this is kind of just an act. Yeah. Yeah, no, yep. we, we get to that. That that was in previous minutes, I think, when when Jack, uh, you know, he, he plugs that Wing Kong attacking Wang, and then Eddie says, you know, oh, you know, first time you ever plugged someone, he's like, ah, nah, of course not, <laughs> but you know that it has been his first time. It it makes the character so much more likable, and like when he like refuses to kill the guards at the end of this five minutes when they're making their escape, like. He pays for that immediately mm. by not like yeah. disarming the guards or murdering them. Because he's just like such a nice guy. The bus that they try to escape on gets full of lead. Yeah. Because he's a because he's like a I mean, it's just it's such a great character choice. Because in the eighties you think like, oh, I'm gonna make the toughest of the toughest of the tough guys. You know, like a like a snake Pliskin, I suppose. But um but you love Jack Burton. You love him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, that character's way ahead of his time because hmm. you know in the eighties, I've said this before. You know, this is the age of this is Schwarzenegger at his peak and Sly at his peak, and they're all, you know, they're all buff and indestructible and you know throwing out the one liners. And here's Kurt Russell totally making fun of those guys. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's so great, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's so vulnerable. Like that. Like you know, I I think it's right before this, but when he almost falls, I'm <laughs> pretty. How funny is it that they that they put these guys in wheelchairs? Like, what a weirdly inspired choice. Like, we're going to tie these guys up. Like, where are we going to put them? Wheelchairs. It's like, why? Just to humiliate them? Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah, I got to love the wheelchairs. I, I kind of wonder, maybe that was just a thing that John Carpenter had. It's like, put them in wheelchairs. Old wheelchairs. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely works. It's like, cause it, because that even... It, you know, like we were saying before, where like where you know, um, where uh, Gracie does the gag, where like you know the guys keep popping their heads up. It's like Carpenter even finds a way to cut the tension of them being tied up by putting them in wheelchairs. <laughs> like yeah. if they were in regular chairs, it, it would have been scarier. Wheelchairs—that's funny for some reason. <laughs> yeah, completely, yeah. completely. Going back just a minute to uh, that awesome kiss in the sewer oh, yes. and Jack's line. Yep. Um, which is, and I'm trying to remember exactly, you know. Oh, he's just happy, uh, just happy to be alive. Yeah. That's his excuse. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm just thrilled to be alive. Yeah. And that whole, you know, perfect 
uh, perfect wrestle delivery. Mm-hmm. And that, that's particularly funny to me because way back in the day, uh, you know, Roger Ebert, when he was doing movie reviews in the 80s, he had this like, you know, he would kind of have this list of like, okay, things you always see in an 80s movie. And one of them is this thing he used to call, we're alive, let's kiss. <laughs> and it was exactly that. And you would say, hey, how come in High Road to China, Tom Selleck just, you know, he dump, jumps into a ditch with the girl and there's an explosion on it's like, they don't even like each other up until that point, but it's like, let's kiss. <laughs> and I almost wonder if that was Carpenter or W.D. Richter just, you know, saying hello to Roger Ebert. Hey, Roger, <laughs> you watching our movie? Are you paying attention? Because that line is just like, you know, it's totally, we're alive, let's kiss. Yeah. We uh, have no other reason. I, I think it, it's perfect for the Jack Burton character, though. I mean, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's a sly fox. You know, he wants to get in his moves when he can. You know, first it's yeah. a little hug, they have that little quick look, and then, yeah, he takes advantage of the situation. But then I like Gracie's line right afterwards. It almost feels like that Hoxian female-type reply. You know, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, she almost yeah. turns into Betty Boop for, like, yeah, a split second. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because it's like, well, that's Kim Cattrall, a super sexy lawyer. Like, guy, like a guy probably tries to put the moves on her by the end of breakfast every day. <laughs> it's, it's just like, all right, look, yeah, good luck. She, look, she's a, she's a girl in New York. She's used to it. She's used to, like, almost getting murdered and then guys taking advantage of the almost murder situation to to slip her the tongue like uh, she's not gonna fall for this <laughs> but then jack keeps keeps it up and then you know he does that whole thing he's like oh you know I, I can't concentrate when you're rubbing your body against mine you know another sort of pure jack type situation and he probably messed up his chances with gracie at that point at least temporarily because he, he was trying to push his luck a bit much no i disagree you gotta show interest you gotta make the move because even <laughs> if the girl doesn't even if like she's not interested, she's gonna be impressed that you, you that you you know that you took the initiative a little bit. Just like my hero, Donald Trump, no. <laughs> <laughs> who, who offers people Tic Tacs and then and then takes them to Kiss Town. Oh boy, can't wait, <laughs> Donald Trump, next president. Oh brother, <laughs> that's an interesting point because you know right now this podcast is being recorded before the election. That's right. Yeah, this might not be funny at all. Oh, God, you might have to cut all of this out if you win. For fear of your life. Oh, dear. You know, the secret police are coming for you, Asterios. Yeah, We heard what you said. Yeah, you know. We heard you made some gigantic errors in a podcast. Mm. Big, huge errors. (laughs) Well, moving along in the minutes. uh, So we we emerge out of the sewers. Uh, We get some really cool lighting uh, you know, the, the yeah, water, yeah. water reflecting on their faces. And then we get one of the best lines. I like to use this every now and then where Jack just says, OK, everybody relax. I'm here. You know, I mean, no, <laughs> no, nobody really cares. He's just saying that out there. That's Jack. Great line. You know, and, you know, got to love Jack Burton. But I think, you know, when we watch, you know, when we do these podcasts, we watch these five minute blocks, two, three, four times. Now, that was one time you're like, yeah, that's a classic Jack line. But I did almost want to punch him. You know, just like, will you shut up? We're deep in the bowels of the Wing Kong. We still got a long way to go. You really haven't done that much here so far. You know, so, but, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's still Jack, so. Yeah, definitely is. And then, you know, Wang has that line. I almost wondered if that was an actual, like, goof up. 
that they kept in the film when, you know, Wang says, what do you call this place? You know, and Jack does, a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call that? That water that doesn't smell real good? Sewage? Oh. You know, so. Now, notice that they don't mention something, and they don't mention where's Miao Yin. And this is something. Oh, my God, you're yeah, right. It's like they, they have almost forgotten about it. Now, uh, Asterios, I have uh, uh, the screenplay from this uh, as written by mm. W.D. Richter. There's a bunch of cut scenes and other alternate lines in that one. In the screenplay, they do repeat this. Actually, uh, Gracie is the one who keeps saying, come on, where's Miao Yin? Until Wang finally says, Egg Shen is the only one with the power to save Miao Yin now. They need magic to basically get them out of this mess, and so they're going to go to Egg Shen. But they don't have that in the final version. I guess they thought that was too much. You know, hmm. it's it's so funny. I didn't even consider that until you pointed it out. I mean, the whole this whole operation is saving the girl with the green eyes. And, yeah, they just kind of bail. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, they, get, they were able to rescue the, uh, I, I guess, the trapped Chinese women. Out of the out of the prison, so I mean they have that, but but yeah, they didn't do what they wanted. So honestly, quantity wise, <laughs> they're like the best heroes ever. They saved like ten girls. Yeah. So so the one, so one guy left behind. Look, it's a numbers game, guys. One of those girls probably has green eyes that escaped, right? <laughs> yeah. Quantity, not quality. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like how those girls start screaming right away in the most 80s way possible when they get free from those jail cells. Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, you guys might not want to uh, raise, uh, bring a lot of attention to yourselves. Oh, no, you're just going to, like, scream as if you're huge idiots. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. It's the 80s. We don't <laughs> – that's fine. So then we're going to get to a part that I – I noticed this after just multiple rewatchings of this film. A little continuity fun. Uh, so Jack comes up on top. Notice, you know, he's he's soaking wet as he removes the grate, and that that makes sense. So he exits at around you know a minute and forty five seconds. He reaches the door and signals eight seconds later, and then immediately nine people run down the hall at once. They don't seem that wet, you know. They just they immediately just show up. They're almost dry, and they did a quick clown car type approach. So, oh yeah, they, they climb. Oh, yeah. They well, climb very fast. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's like a like a classic, you know, Hollywood bit that, you know, you've been you've been swimming for your life, and then within ten seconds you're almost dry. I mean, you know, Mark Hamill in the um, uh, in the garbage compactor scene mm. in Star oh, Wars. Yeah, it's like boy, he dried off fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you also know. he's wearing like a terry cloth bathrobe. Like, if anything's going to keep water, it's going to be that. <laughs> <laughs> then we get some some sort of really cool Jack lines as he tries to take charge while Wang translates. This, this again, was one of my favorite parts in the movie uh, growing up and, and still is, where he's explaining, you know, the whole situation, you know, false front, blah, blah, blah. And then he does this follow the leader thing. One, two, yeah. three. And then we get the dramatic chord. And we get our Scooby-Doo moment. They're the bad guys just standing right there. You know, oh, they're, they're just silent. You know, Al Leong is there. The, you know, yeah, the right in the front, Al Leong. None of them blink. And then I love how Jack yeah. just closes the door on them, even takes the time to lock it, and then says, yeah. we may be trapped. Yeah, Great. we may be trapped. Great stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, the key to that word is, we may be trapped. Right. <laughs> Don't worry. There may be a problem, you know. We might be taking on, yeah, well, the Titanic might be listing a little. We'll <laughs> let you know. It's really cool of those guards to 
not immediately start shooting so they can preserve the joke. Exactly. Like those, like it, like those guards clearly took an improv class or two. God bless them. <laughs> yeah, like, we gotta well, say you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think on the other side of the wall? You know, so one of the Wing Kong said, oh, we should shoot him. And it's like, no, no, no. It'd be funnier if we bashed the wall down. <laughs> oh, you're right. Let's do that. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so good. some great tension here. Yeah. yeah. Notice the nice disappointment reaction shot before all hell breaks loose. You know, you just you see Gracie and, and the rest of them. And they're just like, oh. <laughs> just, and it goes back. Yeah, in the sitcom version of Big Trouble in Little China, that's where you would have gotten an audience laugh. Yeah. 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 You mentioned it's a Scooby-Doo moment. The only thing that would have made it perfect is when everybody runs away. <laughs> like, there's a split second where they're just running in place, and then they scram, and there's, like, a little cloud of dust oh, that, right. Yeah, maybe one thing that's missing from Big Trouble in Little China is that. Little clouds of smoke after they take off, and a... <laughs> but, yeah, definitely... Maybe my favorite bit in the movie is that one. Yeah. And that's that's also the first clip I saw from this movie. Really? Uh, yeah, you know, a couple of weeks before it opened, I was watching Entertainment Tonight or something like that. Mm. And, you know, they were just doing a little preview, and that was the first clip I saw. And I said, yeah, that is a movie I want to see for sure. Yeah, if they wanted to compete with Golden Child, that was the movie, uh, Stereos, that this was kind of coming out at, at the same time back in 1986, then, then yeah, oh, this, would, this would be the, probably the clip to show, you know, like, hey, this is a fun-loving comedy. You know? Yeah. I yeah. remember trying to watch The Golden Child as a kid and getting bored. Uh-huh. I don't think I would have been bored if I had watched this movie because from minute one, it's hysterical. Hmm. It's just Kurt Russell yelling into a CB microphone. <laughs> it's so great. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Yeah, look, a golden child gets kidnapped or something. You know what I care a lot more about? Hot green-eyed lady getting kidnapped. There you go. we got to find <laughs> this lady. She's so hot. Yeah, good point. What's your priority for rescuing here? Hmm. Cute yeah. kid, former playmate with green eyes. Josh, was she in Playboy or Penthouse? I think it was Penthouse, yeah. She penthouse. was a Penthouse pet in 1982 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, We're talking about Susie Pye. The, uh, it's like this movie was made just for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mysterious, if you got to go for a few minutes and, you know, look for Susie Pie, we'll understand. We'll still be here. Be <laughs> uh, check her out on the internet. <laughs> Just keep yeah. the Skype. I'm going to put Skype on mute. I'll see, no. you in, literally, I'll see you in four seconds. <laughs> yeah. And then this is where we have, yeah, a Scooby-Doo scram sound effect. I'll be right back. <laughs> All of a sudden, my legs, my legs turn into a small tornado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But then at that point, we get this cool point where, you know, uh, Jack tells him, oh, hide. And so then Wang is still in translation mode. So, you know, he yells out hide in Chinese. But then I thought it was great how Wang then repeats that Chinese line in astonishment back to Jack. Because it's the dumbest plan in the world. It's so stupid. Hide. Yeah. hide. What do you buy yourself another eight <laughs> seconds of life? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> and, and Wang gets this because this is where we start to really see the transition between sort of Wang is the mediocre hero to Wang as the hero in this thing. You know, he stands yeah. next to Jack. He says, all right, that's it. You know, do or die. You know, we, Wang has really grown as a character at this point. Yeah, yeah. That, that is like a really iconic moment there. The two of them together, 
It's like, yeah, this is a pretty cool team of adventurers right there. These two guys, you know, Jack's got the gun. Wang's getting into a good kung fu pose. It's like, yeah, I'm betting on these guys. Mm-hmm. Two against 20, two against 50, hmm. whatever. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. Nothing or double. And it's a good thing you know? the gun was still working after being underwater. I think it would have been amusing if it had jammed on Jack. You know, it's, again, this is the first time I've seen this movie. Wang killed so many dudes that I assumed he was going to die in this scene. Uh-huh. Because there's the, there's the trope where it's like, you know, you're in a movie, it's the last stand, you, you know, your character's going out, but you take out 20 dudes before your character goes out. You know, kind of like in uh, that episode of Battlestar Galactica where they got rid of the Pegasus, it's like, well, the Pegasus doesn't just go out like a, like mm-hmm. a, uh, like a Nancy ship. The Pegasus definitely takes out three base stars before it goes out, hmm. and so I'm thinking like, oh, is this gonna be the is this gonna be the moment where it kind of gets serious, where it's like, oh, now Jack is on his own, he doesn't have the information, his friend just died, now he can't get his thousand dollars. Like, I was so relieved when they when they ended on that great joke where Jack Burton <laughs> turns out he did nothing. Yeah, ha. <laughs> That's a really interesting point, because I, I see your perspective on that. Because, yeah, there's that scene in action movies where, yeah, the guy's surrounded, and he, then he says something, get out of here! And then it's like the minute a guy says, go on, get out of here, you know he's dead. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. Done. You're never going to see that guy again. And yeah, he's going to get dogpiled, and that's it. Go on! <laughs> Leave me! It's like, uh, you know, that's a line yeah. I will never use. Go on, leave me. Forget about me. It's like, you know, come over here and help. <laughs> Here's a line I'll definitely use. Hide. And then I'll go hide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just that's good advice in any situation in real life. Just hide. <laughs> that's, a, that's a problem solver in 90% of any scenario you could get into. So, well, Another note that I have here, uh, if we're talking about body count in this film, so Jack uh, plugs three Wing Kong, and if you'll remember, he plugged his first Wing Kong in an earlier minute. So now he's up to what four? Four killed? I mean, there's there's not much he can do once the ammo's out. But yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's his body yeah. count. You know, that's that's a funny little moment because we kind of go back and forth about you know how helpful is Jack? You know, he's a clumsy sidekick, and it's like. You know, well, yeah, he did help by plugging three guys. That was three less guys for Wang to fight, mm-hmm. and uh, it did buy some time. It's uh, so you know, it's, it's just a funny little thing. It's like, well, there you go. Hey, he, he's killing people. He's helping. Yeah. It's 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 interesting because you know I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking to myself like, well, is the gag of this movie gonna be that the that like the white tough guy actually does nothing you know because mm-hmm. uh because up until that point every you know he punched a guy who turned out to be magic so it didn't hurt him like he you know he successfully sneaks into a brothel dressed up as like a chris farley nerd and ends up getting <laughs> captured you know, um, he runs over a dude who turns out to be a ghost or 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 can or who can ghost as a verb i suppose <laughs> and so i'm watching this and i'm thinking to myself this is pretty cool i wonder if yeah. you know and then again the moment where he shoots that one guy is an interesting turning point for his character and then in this one where he takes out those three guys who are trying to come in that's a really cool turning point but he, but he can't but like even 
after killing three dudes, they definitely make sure to make Wang cooler. Because, like, Wang doesn't just shoot guys. Like, he, like, really takes them out. And everyone that's coming at Wang has a weapon. Like, every single person that's coming at him has some sort of saw or something. That's true. And, uh... Yeah. So, so it's it's just neat in in a movie that stars Kurt Russell that was made in the early '80s. They are making sure not to make Kurt Russell the coolest character. It's so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's you know, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but it's you know, it's almost like Jack knows when the camera's on him, and when <laughs> the when the camera's on him, it's like okay, then he blows it. It's just like anybody. You know, who, you know, you're doing a movie with and maybe not, you know, they don't have a lot of acting experience. It's like, you know, the camera comes on and then they're like, yeah, they freeze up. So, mm. like, <laughs> you know, when he shoots those three guys, it's like he doesn't know the camera's on him. Mm. And then later on, you know, when the, yeah, the big fight scene and he pulls out his knife and it flies across the room. It's like, okay, this is my big scene. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> you know, so just, you know, like. You just got to tell Jack, you know, okay, we're not rolling right now. Just go ahead and do it. You know, you just never say action in front of Jack Burton. <laughs> you'll, throw off his, you'll throw off his confidence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Just throw him off. And, it's, yeah. and you know what, speaking of the knife, it's, you know, this whole movie so far he's been trying to use this knife. <laughs> he like, Good point. He, like, he, he pulls it out right away during the funeral scene like he's holding a knife. Yep. While people are shooting each other with machine guns, mm -hmm. and then magic dudes show up, and it's like, I don't know what you're going to do with this knife, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, keep, he keeps going for it. He tries to pull out the knife. He immediately drops it. It's super duper funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what eventually he does with this. Oh, yeah. You know, oh. You, yeah, because you haven't seen the rest of it. Well, the, yeah, the knife, the I, knife I is actually not. the knife is in a, in a sense a character. <laughs> I mean, he, wow. he's going to use well, he's going to be using this quite a bit. It will play a role. I don't want to spoil it for you because you're going to have to oh, watch it. But, yeah. but yes, it will definitely play a role later. Because <laughs> you That's haven't so seen the movie cool. sport, mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll text you later and tell you what happens in the last scene with the knife. Maybe I won't. Oh. Maybe oh, I'll God. call you tomorrow. You don't know when. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to put my iPhone in the toilet. Oh. Again. I just picked it out of there. I just got it. Well, I just got it out of the rice. Well, you know, speaking about the knife, I had a note here as well. I mean, notice how it just goes flying as if it, a super-powered magnet was just pulling it off screen. I mean, it doesn't just slip. It goes flying. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, because it's much funnier that way. It like slips out of his hand comically. It's so yeah. great. And this, wow. was, this was not in the screenplay. Uh, I was looking for that, but this, this was added later. And it's a good, good little bit. It helps to really explain why Wang is able to spend the time doing his awesome martial arts against the Wing Kong. And, you know, it, it sets it up for when Jack will reappear. And I, I have a new theory now of conjecture. Like, yeah, if the knife's a character, yeah. maybe it's a magic knife. Ah. And then in that scene, yeah, Ooh. Jack didn't lose his grip. The knife was like, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I don't yeah. I don't fight uh, lackeys. I have a much bigger purpose. So hmm. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm saving myself for later, man. Yeah. You know, I'm a magic knife. And yeah. if you use me on these, you know, on these henchmen, 
it's a waste. Maybe the knife slipping out then. It, it was the knife that wanted to do that. All, you know, almost like uh, Ooh, yeah. you know, like like how the lightsabers have a mind of their own in Star Wars sometimes. Yeah. You know, the yeah. knife did not want him to get involved. He wanted, you know, Wang to be able to, you know, kick some ass against <laughs> all those Wing yeah. Kong. Yeah. Interesting yeah. So theory. Since it's or, yeah. or the other the other theory is that the knife knew that Jack Burton could not take these guys and would only get in the way. Uh-huh. And, and so the knife was like, yeah, come chase me for a while. <laughs> like, so the professionals can handle this. Oh, I really like that one. Hmm. Yeah, the knife's looking out for Jack. Hmm. So it's like, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. This is not, this is not our fight. Come we'll here. Have, we'll come have to here. mention this one to Mr. Pete Mummert, I think. <laughs> yeah, Pete. Hi, Pete. <laughs> Hi, Pete. The other possibility is, you know, when the knife flies off screen, it went over to the craft services table. <laughs> I'll be in my trailer. Yeah. What do you mean you're the knife's like, what do you mean you don't have a fish option at all? I'm not coming back to set until I see some yeah. pot or some salmon or something. Somebody get some soft scrub. I need some buffing over here. I'm looking a little dull. <laughs> Uh, you notice how many Buddha statues are getting destroyed in this scene? Oh, oh I no. thought that was so cool. Yeah, I was like, sacrilegious. I love it. Bunch of Buddha statues destroyed by an axe. Uh, there's going to be another dozen or so destroyed around three minutes in. There's a, I'd say there's probably a big body count in this film, but there's probably an even bigger Buddha statue count. That's going to come up later as well. <laughs> Yeah, just like my favorite 80s action movie, Buddha Counts. I, um, <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so interesting. I definitely noticed that. I didn't even think to say it, but when all those Buddha statues get killed, I'm like, oh, that's funny. Like, <laughs> like this super peaceful guy is who just kind of wants to sit around, <laughs> walk the eight gate full lotus path, yeah. is uh, getting smashed up left and right by these magic ninjas. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, again, you know, gotta gotta wait till later minutes when you'll see even more Buddhas and and what happens with that. Uh, but wow. uh, but uh, last last note I had about this part: uh, really cool sound effects when Wang is facing off against Al Leong's character. You know, Al does that double knife swipe. You know, and you hear the the cool <laughs> type sound, and and then yeah. Wang is very Luke Skywalker like. He jumps up high, he grabs that pipe, and he delivers his knockout kick to Al Leong. Yeah, uh, just before yeah. Uh, before Jack Jack appears with his ha, <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, perfect yeah, perfect music punctu punctuating the silence of the scene. You see that Wang has won the body count category with six, and then he gets his great line. He just says, "Time to go." <laughs> <laughs> Definitely like Wang's cool moment. Yep. I hope he gets more of them because I really like that character. You feel so much for that actor. Oh, like, yeah. Even though he's, even though, I mean, like, this is the first time you find out that, like, he's very capable, actually. But it's, uh, but still, you know, you feel so much for him. It's so, he, he, he does such a good job. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, you, you've got to watch the rest of the film, Mysterious. There's yeah. so many other parts to. that are going to be coming. Yeah. <laughs> I can't uh, wait because yeah. here's the thing. Right now, I am so confused still. I don't know who these guys, these big hats are that <laughs> apparently I guess I guess Mortal Kombat ripped off. Yep. Like, I don't know I don't know why they need this girl. I get that she's kind of magic, you know? I don't know any I don't know Jack about this movie. Oh. And it's it's so it's so interesting to me. I, I'm just like Jack Burton. It's like I'm very confused. 
<laughs> I'm super entertained, and I'm attracted to Kim Cattrall. Mm-hmm. Nice. What more Just do you like need? Jack. What more do you need? What more do you need? This is a good insight into probably how many people who watched this film for the first time back in 86 thought. You know, I think a lot of people were confused. They were entertained. And, yep. you know, and, and now we, we get it here. So so thank you, Asterios, for, for <laughs> being in this no, situation. <laughs> I really want to watch the rest of it because it's so entertaining. But I thought to myself, well, let me try to bring a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, um... I cannot wait. Like, the moment I get off the phone, I'm going to finish watching this movie because it's so good. I'm not kidding. I have my laptop with me at Comic-Con. I have the movie. Like, I cannot wait. Well, uh, my last note about this part, I have a question about this that would have changed things a little bit. Now, when Jack opens the door, you do see Wing Kong, but if you look in the back, you do see that Thunder is there in the back. So my question is, why didn't Thunder join the fracas? I mean, he was standing there. You know, that would have made it a lot more of an interesting, probably an unwinnable scenario. Where did he go? He just decided, you know, I'll let these guys take over and I'll go and smoke my cigar. Man. Hmm. I wish I had a snappy one-liner, but I don't even have one for that. So So maybe he's... Take that, W.D. Richter. It's not a perfect script. (laughs) I mean that that makes a, that is a really good point. There's definitely some sort of monster man in the sewers that they could have used. Mm. There's some sort of old guy who's got a magic melty face. <laughs> like there's three guys in there's three guys in cool straw hats. Like where the hell? What's going on here? But I, I guess I guess like hang on to this jade dyed girl isn't that important after all? If you're gonna kind of put these guys on break for 15 minutes, <laughs> maybe thunder knows something about Jack's magic knife. No. Maybe he's the one Ooh. character. Ooh. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. That guy has a magic knife. He got a chance to taste <laughs> that steel against his neck in a previous scene. Remember when he jumped on his back? Just before yeah. he took that little ride in the wheelchairs? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So mm-hmm. he he knows that that's a magic knife and the power that it holds. And <laughs> he doesn't want to get involved. <laughs> yeah, so it's like... I. I gotta go check my straw hat, so I'll be back. <laughs> I gotta go check in with Lil Pan. Right. My straw. I gotta put some baby powder in my straw hat. It's getting a little sweaty. Mm. <laughs> now, uh, now moving on, we we get now to the Wing Kong hallway, and notice that everybody except Jack seems pretty dry at this point. And uh, we, we get the scene that that Chu is there. He's pacing by Egg's bus, and and he stopped out front. Kind of strange that nobody asked them what they were doing out there, right in front of the Wing Kong. But uh, but that's okay, because we're going to move forward. And then we get the old eyes appearing in the painting trick with that statue. Yep. Never get tired of that one. Yeah. And another, again, a bit of a Scooby-Doo moment. That's right. They yeah. aren't just, yeah. yeah, they aren't just eye eyes. They are weird, round, googly eyes that are really far apart. Mm. You know, that's, you know, watching it, yeah, I think the first couple of times I saw it, I assumed that was like, you know, low pan. But then, you know, watching it this time, it's like, yeah, those aren't normal human eyes. Mm-hmm. Those are crazy googly eyes. Those are Muppet eyes. <laughs> no. That's true. See, I, I thought it was the wheelchair, melty face, blow face guy. I thought it was that guy. Yeah, low pan. Hmm. Oh, that's Lopez. I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, as as the uh, the basket case on wheels, <laughs> as as <Jack> refers to <laughs> Yeah, versus the ten foot tall roadblock that comes in the early minutes. 
Yeah, no, just, just thinking about that, I mean, you know, it is very Scooby-Doo, and now I'm tempted to almost go back through the film and try to see just, just how many Scooby-Doo moments there are in this thing, because I, I, there are quite a bit. It's that sort of classic, cartoony comedy, you know, coming back to the whole that this is a comic book world. No, no, Josh, you're, you're a very busy man. You shouldn't have to go back. I challenge our listeners out there. Yep. Listeners, loyal listeners, if you really are a fan of this movie, let us know. You know, count, go back, go through it, count the Scooby-Doo moments, let us know. Yeah. This is our challenge to you. If you, are really, if you really call yourself a fan of this movie, <laughs> prove it now. Put it up Find the, the Scooby-Doo moments. On yeah. The, on the five minutes truck stop on Facebook, we can have a yeah, full up. Scooby-Doo discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna, you know, Scooby Doo eyes this whole thing. There I've said it. There we I go. I haven't upset anybody. <laughs> I need to take a little break now. I'm gonna be okay. And then Jack moves on. He continues to try to do that phone repairman shtick with the guards. Uh, you know, despite the fact that he's soaking wet, he's, he doesn't really look anything like he did when he first started. Uh, you know, I, I'm wondering, could he have kept this up without even having done the gun bit? Maybe you know they they could have escaped and. And they wouldn't have had to uh, had so many bullets inside the uh, inside of Pegg's bus. <laughs> I just feel that that's an insight to Jack. Mm-hmm. Like he thought the phone repairman bit was just genius, <laughs> and it's like you can almost picture him saying, "Hey, I know how we'll get out of here." <laughs> you know, it's like the phone repairman bit. <laughs> I thought of it, so it's got to work. You know, don't worry, I'm here now. So, mm. you know, just like he just can't let go of it. You know, again, if, if I was there, I would say, well, you just stop. It didn't work the first time. It's not going to work again. <laughs> you know, and, that uh, brings up a good question. Is Jack really dumb or really smart? Yes. yes. <laughs> you can only. Be, oh, OK. I asked an answer. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. uh, that, that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he's. Uh, yes. That's why I'm sticking to that. Yes. All right. Little of both. <laughs> Thank you guys for your insight. You are clearly masters of the form. <laughs> yeah. But uh, somebody who didn't uh, quite think things through, pure curious Gracie. If she had just kept up with all those guys, oh. then she would have made it. But no, she has to look. She has to see what's going on. And then the hand grabs her, very Carpenter-esque, uh, in the midst of all of this... All of this fracas type stuff going on. Well, you know, you know what? I'm going to come to Gracie's defense, and I'm actually going to say that actually it's all Jack's fault. Yeah. Because you know, a little before that, what does he say to her? You know, I'll, you know, he's I'll take the lead. Mm-hmm. What does he say to her? You you bring up the rear if you can do that. Uh huh. Which that's not going to flow with Gracie. It's like, oh well, fine, you know. So mm-hmm. he kind of sets her up for her own, uh, you know, recapture. So I thanks see. a lot, Jack Burton. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, could be. And now we're in a now we are in a double damsel situation that's where right. both of the super hot ladies who have appeared nude in Playboy or Pet Outs <laughs> yeah. are have been kidnapped. Or, so, on, or yeah. on the bridge of a, the uh, of the Enterprise, as we heard earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Asterius, don't mean to correct you on the podcast, but officially it's known as a double damsel dilemma. A triple Ooh, D. A triple D situation. Yeah, it is a triple D. I, I, again, I don't mean to call you out, <laughs> but it is officially known as a double damsel dilemma, mm-hmm. or the triple D. So we have, and we I, have entered that. You're right. We have officially entered the triple D. And I, and I thought that my favorite situation with Kim Cattrall would be double D. Whoa! <laughs> wow. I gotta go. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I'll uh, see you later. Goodbye. Man, that was that was hockey. I just I set it up and you you dropped it in the net, man. That was that, wow. That the double trick. D. <laughs> yep. That trick. Now uh, a note here about uh, a little difference in the screenplay. In this one, uh, instead of Jack holding point and them all running out, Jack grabs Wang Chi and puts a gun to his head, taking him wow. hostage. Just like what was done in previous minutes uh, with uh, Wang and Eddie. So they, they took an element from the script and they decided it felt better earlier on. Um, okay. So, so there's, there's That's funny. There. Yeah. I could it, does, I could it does work better earlier. Yeah. Because yeah. here it's, yeah. just about, it's just about go, go, go. It's like you don't want to stop the action. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Like, even when they're running by those two security guards in the lobby, you know, they don't, like, take the time to disarm them, disconnect the phones... You know, it's it's sort of as if Jack Burton knows, like, yeah, we got to keep this moving. Yeah. Yeah. Not thinking it through. I could see the comedy of that, though. You know, again, it's Jack just sticking to the plan, even though when it's not relevant, it's like, what, again? <laughs> With the hostage thing? <laughs> it, 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 again, it didn't work that well the first time. You know, let's just, let's just go. Yeah. Go, go, go. Now, uh, notice that it doesn't take uh, the guards that long to appear once they run out to the bus. You know, you get very quickly seven show up, and my my thought is it's probably the same Wing Kong actors from before. Oh, but yeah. Instead of wearing the turbans, now they're wearing the guard outfits. Oh yeah, we got them on yeah. the set. Might as well use them again. Mm-hmm. And well, they managed to find every gun in the world. <laughs> yeah, they have AK-47s just like the Wing Kong did. So there, there's a yeah. a common theme there. I I thought that it was cool when we see the bus. It's it's a neat bus actually. We we didn't really talk about that too much, but notice it has multiple doors for every row of seats. I mean, that's mm. it's like sort of like an old school bus. Otherwise, you'd have to see them, you know, filing through in the front. You know, it would take a whole long time. But no, they just they run in, and then you know the the uh, all the shots they you know they go off. We get those great damage shots of the bus with glass and sparks and everything there. Just just neat stuff. I mean, this this yeah. this is something they they had the budget. They used it, and it's good cool pyrotechnics yeah. at that point. Yeah. Now here's a, here's a little point because we got to remember this is a. This is a fantasy movie. It's a cartoon. You know, in real life, that bus would be just devastated by those bullets. Yeah. But, you know, so you, you know, you can't think of that. But, you know, you hear what I think is that um, Egg has put a magic spell on the bus to protect it from the bullets. Ah. So we get some broken glass. We get a few dents. But, you know, nobody gets hurt, and the bus pulls away. I, I think this is what's really going on is Egg is using his magic powers. There you it's got some kind of force field, so mm-hmm. minor damage, but he rolls away. Yeah, no, that 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 could work. Not a single uh, scratch on anybody. No, no blood, yeah. nothing. And proof of the stupidity of henchmen: nobody thinks to shoot the tires. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no. Well, then there's a there's a very careful shot of the bus as it leaves. Uh, if if you look closely, you can see that the bus no longer has any damage in it in that scene. You know, they're, they're trying hard to show the other side of the bus to make sure that it's it's not damaged. Ah, well, once again, my theory maybe you know maybe it's not a force field. Maybe egg has it's a regenerating spell. Aha! Uh-huh. So you can shoot my bus and it'll heal itself. No, oh, the magic school bus. Or here's my question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I was gonna say. Well, I mean, if this is a Wing Kong bus that they're stealing, maybe it's bulletproof. Because it's, be. it's traditionally used for nefarious purposes. So it's like, well, why not bulletproof it? Well, but wait a minute, oh, though. But, this is the egg bus. Oh. This is the his, his tour bus. Oh. The yellow one. Yeah. oh, you're right. 
well, maybe eggs had some tours that have gone south. Good <laughs> <laughs> point, invested in, in a Kevlar tour bus. Yeah, if he goes yeah. down some of those alleys in Chinatown where they have those Tong Wars, maybe it's not a bad idea to have some bulletproof stuff in there. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, better safe than better safe than sorry. I mean, you got to protect your reputation as a tour bus guy. <laughs> you can't have your you can't have tourists getting plugged left and right mm-hmm. uh, in, in the internecine gang wars of Chinatown. <laughs> oh my God, there's so many gangs. I love all yeah. the gangs. They all have cool different costumes. <laughs> and then we get uh, we get Uncle Chu's line where he says, "You know, where's Miao Yin?" After they're so happy that they escaped, that they made it. Here's another instance where if this was a sitcom, here's where you'd get the laugh track. <laughs> or if this were an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, they would cut to like, bum, 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 Executive producer Larry David. <laughs> and and that, pretty much, uh, that pretty much wraps up the, the five minutes. We're going to get into the, the Chinese wild man coming later. But... Uh, but yeah, so Asterios, uh, you know, you, you got us through the five minutes. Thank you very much for for coming on. This was this was great, and I, I certainly hope that you'll have a chance to watch the rest of the film. Well, I want to thank you guys for booking me on this podcast because if you didn't, I might never have seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I Aww. literally watched it so I could come on your show, and it is already one of the best things I've ever seen. I could not stop ranting about this movie last night at dinner with all my friends. I was like. Have you heard of this movie, Big Trouble in Little China? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, we've heard of it. We've, uh, yeah, we've seen it. We're, uh, we're in our 30s. This is, it's a movie you should have seen by now. And I'm like, yeah, but it's so good. <laughs> and uh, and Asterius, uh, what, it, what, tell us again, uh, tell our audience about uh, what you wanted to, to plug for the stuff you're working on. Definitely. Please go to Amazon.com, and I want you to search for Toys for Cheap. Use the number four. Um, you know, you can also go to devastatorpress.com. You can go to my Twitter, which is twitter.com slash Asterios. That's spelled A-S-T-E-R-I-O-S. And uh, I got a new book that is premiering right here at New York Comic Con. It's called Toys for Cheap. It's a fake catalog of dangerous and insane toys. It was drawn by the lead artist for The Onion, an amazing guy named Jimmy Hasse. It's 56 pages, full color gigantic it's as big as my giant head i'm so happy <laughs> so buy it based on size alone and i want to thank you guys for having me on because this is a blast this was so much fun oh yeah yeah thank, thank you, for, you man for coming on this was awesome you are awesome and congratulations on the book yes thank well, you i'll have to check that it out sounds like a cool book man so uh-huh. and have fun at the rest of the convention yeah. Will do, boys. Thank you. And everybody, uh, please visit us at 5minutesoftrouble.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at 5 Minutes of Trouble and uh, Twitter at 5 Minutes Trouble. We have a listener society on Facebook. Check out the 5 Minutes of Trouble truck stop. And, uh, yeah, we're also on Stitcher. So please uh, check all those things out. Uh, so thank you again, Asterios, and we're going to sign off here. This is the Podcast Express signing off. Tune in next week for another 5 Minutes of Trouble. Let me help you with that. I'll get it. I'll be helping a girl put uh, ketchup on her hot dog. Because <laughs> uh, she was tiny and she couldn't operate the machine. Uh.